Hello, my friends. I saw a tweet by Aaron O'Toole saying his big plan for the pandemic was to hire a commission of smart people to write a report about it. Yeah, I just don't think that's going to do. I come up with 15 quick questions that any conservative ought to be able to answer about the pandemic. I'll list the 15 for you next. But first, let me invite you to become a subscriber of Rebel News Plus. That's the TV version of this podcast. Plus, you get access to TV-style shows from Sheila Gunn-Reed, David Menzies, Andrew Chapados. It's just 8 bucks a month or 80 bucks for the whole year if you buy it in advance. Just go to rebelnews.com and click subscribe. Thanks. Tonight, did you see that huge baseball game in Texas? Do you remember what freedom even looks like? It's April 6th, and this is the Ezra Levant Show. Why should others go to jail Why? when you're a biggest carbon consumer I know? There's 8,500 customers here, and you won't give them an answer. The only thing I have to say to the government about why I publish it is because it's my bloody right to do so. Did you see this? A huge baseball game in Texas, just packed, tens of thousands of people choosing their own fear level, as I like to say. If you're afraid that the virus is going to jump out and get you, then don't go. Stay at home. Wear two masks or maybe three. Maybe hide in the basement in the dark. Whatever your fear level is. And let everyone else go out to the ball game, America's national pastime. Sitting next to strangers, talking with people again, laughing, cheering, commiserating, catching up, being social creatures, having a community spirit, spending money, earning money, living life. Of course, there are mask scolds. Anthony Fauci is the worst. Remember when he pitched at a baseball game? He was wearing the mask. Uh, and then as soon as the cameras were off him, or so he thought, he took that stupid thing off his face. He doesn't believe in masks. It's all for show. It's for you to obey, not him. I mean, you can still believe in lockdownism, fill your boots, but it's pretty clear that the people promoting the masks and the panic, they don't really believe in it themselves. I mean, here's Trudeau at a crowded Black Lives Matter protest. He says you can't visit your family, but he'll do this political photo op because it suits him. Here's Calgary police at the Black Lives Matter protest in that city. That's fine. But if Arthur Pavlovsky has church over Easter, they'll send six cops to shut him down. We'll talk to Arthur later in the show today. By the way, there's no correlation between lockdowns and this pandemic. Sorry to disappoint you. Here's the Texas pandemic graph. No masks, no problem. Here's a better example, North and South Dakota, demographically very similar, right next to each other, same weather, similar in most ways, except South Dakota, total freedom, North Dakota, lockdown. And look, there's no difference in outcome. And I note that South Dakota had a big 500,000 person festival a little while back, not even a blip from that. So yeah, why are we locking down again? I'm glad to see some resistance, like this video from Vancouver.
That is so great. Those aren't radicals. Those aren't professional activists. They're normal people fed up with things. So the lockdownists have to get crazier and crazier to keep you feeling tense. This unelected, unaccountable public health scold, no one ever heard of him before, just unilaterally ordered every school in the massive Ontario municipality called Peel Region, just ordered every school shut down, just did it because you can. <laughs> you can stop them. It wasn't a decision made by the legislature or the education minister or the school board. Parents got no warning. This tyrant just did it. And then he did a victory lap with the lockdown media. And then the same in Toronto. Just the premier had a press conference saying schools stay open. Public health officer in Toronto said, no, they're not. If some people love that. I see it. I see people alone in their cars wearing a mask in their car by themselves, just in case, you know. <laughs> but I think others are getting pretty sick of it. I mean, not everybody, but a big chunk of people, and not just people who look and sound like me. If you've noticed our coverage of the pandemic, the protesters against the lockdowns and our fight the fines clients, you'll notice they're often working class people or mom and pop shops, waiters, waitresses, unemployed people, even homeless people natural health type people, you know, fitness people, free spirits, some of them, skeptics, some of them. It's a new coalition. Some of them could be called right wing, but many of them not. It's a new coalition. And I think you might even call it a new voter base. Isn't it clear to you? Governor Greg Abbott in Texas, Governor Ron DeSantis in Florida, Christy Nome in South Dakota, they're taking strong positions on the lockdown, it's working, they're winning, they're leading. They've taken back their states from the unelected, unaccountable public health deep state. Listen to Anthony Fauci sputter when asked to explain how Texas is doing so well. You mentioned Texas and that full ballpark in Arlington yesterday. There was a lot of concern last month when Texas effectively opened up, dropped all those restrictions and said it's back to life. And if you go to Texas, as you know, it looks like 2019. The restaurants and the bars are full and open. The ballparks are full. And yet we've seen cases and hospitalizations since then continue to tick downward. So what do you make of that as all of us look around and sort of try to consider how safe it is to get back to normal life? Yeah, you know, it's it can be confusing because you may see a lag and a delay because often you have to wait a few weeks before you see the effect of what you're doing right now. You know, there, there are a lot of things that go into that. I mean, when you say that they've they've had a lot of uh, activity on the outside, like ball games. I'm not really quite sure. It could be they're doing things outdoors. You know, it's very difficult to just one-on-one -on -one compare that. You just have to see in the long range. I hope they continue to tick down. If they do, that would be great. But there's always the concern when you pull back on methods, particularly things like indoor dining and bars that are crowded, you can see a delay and then all of a sudden tick right back up. We've been fooled before by situations where people begin to open up, nothing happens, and then all of a sudden, several weeks later, things start exploding on you. So we got to be careful we don't prematurely judge that. That's pretty incredible. And by the way, Ron DeSantis of Florida, he wears a mask from time to time. He's not an anti-masker. He's just a conservative. So what does Aaron O'Toole have to say, especially about these examples from the United States of health and economic and freedom outcomes. Well, here's a tweet he made today. Securing Canada's future means learning from the past. 
A pandemic inquiry will do just that, learning lessons and empowering us to be better prepared for future generations. <laughs> what? And then the graphic says, a conservative government will call a public inquiry to examine every aspect of the government's pandemic response. But, but hang on, this isn't some event that has come and gone. And now that we're all done, let's just sift through it historically like a forensic audit to learn from it and do better next time, like, like a mining disaster or, you know, the Titanic. It's over. Okay, let's learn from it. It's not over. The lockdown disaster, it's happening now. We can't wait until a conservative government is formed before Aaron O'Toole appoints somebody to do some critical thinking for him and report back to him. That's his job, by the way, and it's his job now. And there is no way he's going to become the government unless he himself expresses an opinion on the matter now. Seriously, that's his big plan. Assume you're going to win months and months from now. Appoint someone smart then, and then wait to hear what that smart person has to say about the world? You don't have an opinion now. Is there some particular expert on life, on politics, on the world that's better than O'Toole to express the conservative position right now? If so, can they maybe be the conservative party leader now? I can think of 15 things. I just jotted down 15 things that we could and should have an opinion on right now. Any conservative, 15, I'll rattle through them. Number one, the endless state of emergency that lets governments govern by edict. Spend by fiat. Give some shocking wartime powers. You're fine with that? We're into the second year of that now. You're, you're just fine with a permanent emergency? Point one. Point two. Parliament. Emasculated. Shrunk. Cut down. Doesn't get to debate on, let alone vote on, most real decisions. You're, you're cool with that. It's conservative leader. You don't, you don't know what you think about that until a panel of experts tells you. Point three. Budgets. There's none in Canada. They're being destroyed for all time. We're talking about banana republic-style levels of debt. And a conservative leader has nothing to say on that now himself. He wants to wait for an expert panel. Point four, audits. The money that's being shoveled out the door to ridiculous companies with no experience in their field but liberal connections. Billions being wasted. Got nothing to say on that. Number five, lobbying. How liberal insiders just send an email to... Their friends on the inside and deals are signed just like that. Point six, procurement is related. Politics first, like Trudeau signing deals with communist China for vaccines that didn't materialize. Just no oversight. Conservative Party has nothing to say on that themselves. Point seven, how about flights? Flights from China were fine. They literally never were stopped by Trudeau. We know this because David Menzies went to the airport and checked. But now, travel between Canada and the United States? is heavily restricted if allowed at all. Point eight, COVID jails at hotels at the airport. It, it's a scandal of the first order. It's imprisoning Canadians and you gotta wait for someone else to tell you what to think on that. Point nine, the lying CBC media that has been little more than a propaganda vehicle for Trudeau and Theresa Tam. You got nothing to say about that. Point 10, the widespread establishment tactic of denouncing critics of pandemic mismanagement as racist. The liberals are masters of it. Got nothing to say about that. Point 11, the bizarre flip-flopping advice. I mean, here's Bonnie Henry from BC, but they're all like this. Irritating and people are more likely to touch their face um, when they have a mask on. And that can be a way of inoculating yourself. If I'm not sick, 
it's not effective. It's not something that when I'm out in public, it's going to protect me in any way. So we don't want people wearing it all day long, for example. We cannot rely on a mask because the mask is not what keeps us safe. And masks for long periods of time are not recommended by anybody um, in any situation. We're not wearing masks now. Would we be safer right now if we had masks on? Uh, no. You see, these are the things that we have learned. I've always supported wearing masks. I've never said don't wear them. I've always said wear them where it's appropriate. Yeah. The weirdness, this is point 12, of listening to foreign China-controlled entities like the World Health Organization instead of common sense. I'm going to be very frank. There's no politician in this country that's going to disagree with their chief medical officer. Uh, they just aren't going to do it. They might as well throw a rope around their neck and jump off a bridge. They're done. I don't know why I bring all these papers. I never look at them. Oh, well, you're giving numbers I do. I go, oh, oh, oh. Why did I say that? Did you really say that? <laughs> I just say whatever they write down for me. <laughs> that's why I do Who's the, the power behind the throne there? Point 13, the vaccine screw up. Point 14, oh yeah, by the way, the flattening of our civil liberties. Point 15, the persecution of churches. You're the conservative party. You don't got anything to say about that. 15 things to talk about right now, not six months or a year from now, not to hire some experts to let you know what you think right now. Have you no opinions on those things, on, on any of them even? You think it's enough to say, you want to ask some questions or actually delegate a panel to, to later on ask questions and later on report back? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's just not good enough. Stay with us for more with Arthur Pavlovsky. Please get out. Get out of this property immediately. Get out. Okay. Get out of this property immediately. Out. I don't want to hear anything. Out of this property immediately. I don't want to hear a word. Out. Out. Out of this property immediately until you come back with a warrant. Out. 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 Out of this property immediately out. Immediately go out and don't come back. Don't, I don't want to talk to you. Not a word. Out of this out of this property. Immediately out. I don't care what you have to say. Out, out, out of this property, you Nazis. Out, out. Gestapo is not allowed here. Immediately, Gestapo is not allowed. Out! Do you understand English? Get out of this property. Go. So go. Go. And don't come back without the warrant. I counted more than 30 times that pastor asked that policemen, sheriffs, health officers, and two undercover agents, I think there were six of them altogether, more than 30 times the pastor had to ask them to leave private property, I should remind you that disturbing or interrupting a church service in Canada is a crime, Section 176.2 of the Criminal Code, as well as trespass. Thirty times he had to ask, and they finally slouched their way out. But I knew from the sound of that voice immediately who was conducting 
that exorcism. I know that voice. It belongs to our friend, Arthur Pavlovsky, the very first case in our FightTheFines.com Civil Liberties Project. And so I'm delighted to speak with him today about that experience and the reaction to it. Arthur, great to see you again. Congratulations on being such a role model for moral courage in the face of abusive police. That was amazing. Thank you. Thank you, Ezra. And you guys are my heroes. Thank you so much for defending me because without a backing of people like you, Ezra, Rebel News, I would uh, not have such a courage because we are in this together. We have to be united. So I want to just thank you, use this opportunity to thank you for standing with us. Well, that's very generous of you. I happen to know you well enough to know that you would have the courage, even if you were all by yourself against the world. But I appreciate your generous thanks. And we have been attentive to the police abuse of you a year ago. I mean, here's some footage while I speak. You were literally feeding the homeless on the streets of Calgary. It was a bit of a light snowfall. It was cold. These were hungry people. You were feeding them. And half a dozen Calgary police came up to you, pushed you around, and actually gave you a $1,200 fine. They said it was an illegal gathering. I don't know what's wrong with the police, but they sure seem to pick on you a lot, Arthur. Yes, they do. This is not my first run. I've told them many times, many times, on many occasions, do not, <clears throat> do not come to our church. Do not intimidate our children, our elderly. Just do not do that. If you want to pick on me, if you want to give me a ticket, which I have now, 28, 28 uh, tickets, you know, like, hmm. like this one uh, already. And um, um, I told them many times, do not, do not interfere with, uh, with my rights. Um, do not come, do not intimidate. Uh, and yet uh, they keep coming. Our record for Christmas was over 100 police officers, 52 police cars. I mean, that's insane. And uh, this time was, however, the first time that they dared to enter a church building, even though I've told them not to. The last time they came, they blocked our driveway to the church. It took me 45 minutes to open the driveway so people can actually come to the church. But this time I was taken by surprise, Ezra. I didn't expect them to do this uh, during our most holy celebration, Shabbat, Passover celebration. And if you know the story, this is the story of God saying, let my people go uh, mm -hmm. from the land of slavery. And they just, they had the audacity to come uninvited, even though I've told them many times, you're not allowed to do that uh, just to intimidate our people. So I reacted the way I reacted. It's like fending off the wolves mm -hmm. in the middle of the uh, of your sheep. I, um, as a pastor, as a man, as a, a freedom, you know, free man in the land. I had to chase them out. That's what I did. Yeah. Well, that, that's interesting because that is what, what the word pastor means, to take care of your people against wolves. They, um, it, it's very interesting to me that they only chose to enter your church on Easter weekend. That's a disgrace. I suggest it might actually be against the criminal code. 28 tickets. I think we're actually still representing you on, on some of those tickets, and it's a pleasure to do so. Uh, let me ask you. That video, and we played most of it a moment ago, very powerful.
just the sheer force of your words and your conviction made them step down, go down, go out. It was, it was very dramatic. That video was seen tens of millions of times. I saw it uploaded on Twitter accounts, Facebook, Instagram. It went viral, even especially American outlets. I saw TMZ from LA, that's a Hollywood celebrity channel. They picked it up. Tell me a little bit about the media reaction. Uh, tell me a little bit about the media reaction that you received in the United States and around the world. And then I wanna ask you about how you were treated by the Canadian media, because I know it was different. First of all, tell me, what reaction have you had outside Canada? Unbelievable. I am humbled. I'm overwhelmed, as you can imagine. I'm just a, a regular guy, a small time, you know, small city uh, uh, pastor, if you will. I don't have a secretary, so I'm dealing with all of this by myself. And uh, I was overwhelmed. I had thousands of people emailing, uh, texting, calling me, crying, actually. And they said, you're giving us hope. You're restoring our boldness. You uh, you, you are like Moses uh, leading us out of the land of slavery. Unbelievable, overwhelming, positive. 99.9999% of people are just absolutely amazed uh, by it, which, which, which puts me, you know, I'm humbled by it uh, because I didn't think, you know, much about this video. I thought actually, you know, me yelling uh, has never been uh, very popular. So overwhelming. I've heard that, I've seen actually, Russians uh, writing posts about this in their mainstream media. I've seen around the world news outlets are talking about this, uh, Fox News, um, Newsmax, I mean, everywhere. And the positivity of this is, is overwhelming. It's humbling. It's amazing. However, in Canada, especially in Calgary, I am portrayed, you, you know, Ezra, which is, which is so sad because those people have absolutely no shame. To this day, I am a pastor and a chaplain for 20 years. But you know, those people, the mainstream liars, they would almost never call me a pastor. They will just call me some kind of a street preacher, uh, anti-masker. I'm not anti-masker. I'm not even the organizer of anti-mask movement. I am participant. I support people's rights. If you want to wear a mask, that's your choice. I don't want to wear one. Uh, that's my choice. I, I'm a free man. I'm not a dog uh, that should be muzzled. So uh, it's such a huge contrast because in one, uh, you know, on one side, there is this positive positivity. Uh, there is like, wow, you're a hero. You, you, you're showing us the way. And then here in the mainstream media, I'm this villain, troublemaker, lawbreaker, that is just a horrible man that is killing. I, I was called a bloody murderer hmm. because, you know, I dare to open a church uh, to actually save lives. You know, in our parish, we have people that try to commit, to commit suicide. Uh, they have no hope. They were on drugs, on alcohol, and they come to me and they come to me for freedom, for hope. And that's what I'm giving people hope in this hopeless situation that we're seeing lockdowns restrictions you can see your parents you can visit your children they come to me for hope and i'm giving it to them this day i received a phone call from a lady she says you saved my life life i was on the way to murder to kill myself and i've heard you and now i'm alive thank you so that's the difference 
Isn't that incredible? The government has no problem with people going to Walmart or Costco or casinos or liquor stores or marijuana stores. That's all fine. But going to a church, you have six officers show up, including with a gun. It, it's an upside down morality. You know, you mentioned around the world. I, I saw, for example, Australia's largest private broadcaster on TV played your whole clip with a positive commentary. In Toronto, there's a very popular website called Six Buzz. It's a little bit musical and a little bit uh, immigrant-oriented. 99.9% um, support of incredible support. It's interesting, the diversity of people who found your uh, remonstrations, so they loved it, but the local media in Calgary, and I think more broadly in Canada, they hate they hate Christians, they love the lockdown, so they either ignored you or condemned you. I find it so interesting, around the world, people saw what I saw, a man fighting for freedom, but the, I think the media party just hates you and, and loves lockdowns too much to call it like, like they saw it. Yeah, because they have an agenda. You know that, I know that, everyone that has eyes knows that. And you know, you're talking to a guy that grew up under communist dictatorship behind the Iron Curtain, under the boots of the Soviets, so those uh, people, when I was growing up, they had identical, identical um, approach, um, propaganda, misinformation, disinformation, uh, spinning, you know, party line uh, rhetorics, if you will. They only allowed what they wanted people to hear. It was everything. The mainstream media was totally taken over by communism and uh, everybody else that dared to say what they didn't like was either arrested, beaten, tortured, sent to jail. Some of the clergymen, their famous cases were murdered and buried. After 30, 40 years, they uncovered all those atrocities that communists did in Poland. Um, in the Bible, it says nothing is new under the sun and known are to us the devices of the enemy. They're using the same tactics, so they wanna ignore you or they want to portray you as a bad person, as a troublemaker, because that's what they want people to see. Mm -hmm. Anyone that rises up against dictatorship, anyone that rises against tyranny is being portrayed as the enemy of the state. And that's exactly how they see me. That's how they see you and anyone that dares to fight them. That's why we have to push even harder. I hope that this video is going to embolden people, other pastors and clergymen, priests and owners of businesses, just tell them, get out, yeah. get out. You have no right to be here. Yeah. Get out. I'm protected by the constitution of this country. What you're doing is illegal and I have enough. Get out. Yeah, that's incredible. Well, listen, if you get any more tickets or any more police harassment, I think we're representing you on a chunk of those tickets you held up there. Uh, so we have a lawyer in Calgary who's been working with you. Sarah Miller is her name. If you get more tickets or more hassle, bring them to Sarah. We're happy to crowdfund your legal fees. I would rather that your money go towards feeding the homeless and helping your, your flock than wasting it on legal bills. I think one of their tactics is to waste your time and waste your money. Let us cover the cost of fighting in court for you. I think Sarah Miller's an excellent lawyer. And, um, and you focus on the good stuff. You focus on spreading your message. And uh, I, I just have to say one thing. I know a little bit about Poland, and I know that every time it counts, 
it's the Poles who save humanity, whether it's the Siege of Vienna in 1683 or whether in more modern times it's Pope John Paul II going and saying in Warsaw, be not afraid, and standing up to the Soviets. The Poles love freedom, and it was no surprise to me to hear your voice calling out for freedom in a way that rang around the world. So congratulations to you. Keep it up. You have our support, and you have the support of tens of millions, even if the local media don't, don't know it. Last word to you, Arthur. Thank you so much, Ezra. You know, I have been fighting tyranny for many years, but most of the time I was by myself. And you got no idea how, how grateful I am to you and to the rebel for covering the stories, for allowing me to feel that I am not alone. That means everything. That gives wings uh, to me. I can fly higher because I know that I have such a powerful allies like you. So anyone that is listening to this, Please subscribe to Rebel News, support. Uh, there is uh, Fight the Fines over there. We need that. Uh, I can do what I do because I know I'm not alone. And that gives me even bigger boldness. So thank you. Thank you, Rebel. Thank you, Ezra. Well, that, that's amazing. You give us too much praise, but we are happy to be part of the effort. Thank you, my friend. Stay strong. Keep in touch. Don't let them scare you. I know you won't. If they come for you again, let us know. We'll be there. Keep fighting for freedom. Thank you. God bless you. Ezra. All right, you too. Well, there you have it. Pastor Arthur Pavlovsky of the Street Church in Calgary. What a great freedom fighter. If you want to learn more about the cases we've taken for Arthur, you can find them on our website, fightthefines.com. We are crowdfunding his Calgary lawyer, Sarah Miller. Stay with us. More ahead. Welcome back on my show last night. Paul writes, if all church leaders did what Arthur did, the churches would all be open and the lockdowns would be over. Yeah, churches, you bet. And I think that's where Arthur gets his strength and, uh, and confidence from. But why not businesses too? Why not any place where a cop just walks in? Get a warrant. Come back with a warrant. Jay writes, Look how the bullies back down when confronted. All Canadians need to get angry. This is how this nightmare ends, with one brave man standing up to tyranny. It really is. I was just sending an email to a friend of uh, Australia TV that ran that clip in full. I was just showing my friend how the whole world's talking about this, except the media party in Canada. Denise writes, Ezra, please do a reflection on why conservative premiers have been so hopeless on these issues. Why is Jason Kenney such a disappointment? Are COVID freakouts holding him for ransom? Well, look, that's what I was trying to get at today with Aaron O'Toole. Where are the conservatives? Surely we can learn from the conservative governors I mentioned, Christy Nome, Ron DeSantis, Greg Abbott. Surely we can see that when you provide common sense conservative leadership, people say, yeah, I'd rather have that than this weird lockdown dictatorship, this doctatorship. I don't get it. That's our show for today. Until next time, on behalf of us here at Rebel World Headquarters, to you at home, good night. Keep fighting for freedom. Thank you.